he went himself. Then, if your children follow you, will it lead them to Jesus? I don't know who started this idea that the church is for women and children. There is nothing more manly than to worship and serve the one who gave you your manhood. If you read the Bible, you'll see that the greatest warriors, the fiercest fighters of the Old Testament were also the biggest worshipers. They're the ones who led the way in worship of God. That's why I'm on a campaign, make church manly again. <laughs> Come on, somebody say this with me. Real men serve Jesus. Amen. Here's something else real men do. Real men lead the way to church. Jairus was the ruler of the synagogue. He wasn't a rabbi, and he wasn't a priest, but he was a leader of the congregation. He set the example on how to serve the ruler of the synagogue would assign someone to lead the prayer and somebody else to read from the scriptures. And if there was a visiting rabbi, the ruler of the synagogue would invite him to come and teach the people. The ruler of the synagogue was the keeper of the scrolls that contained the word of God. Dad, did your kids see you pray? Did they see you serve in church? Did they see you read the word of God? If they don't, it's important that they do. If you don't see the importance of going to church, they won't either. If you don't value prayer, they won't value prayer. One of the things that well, something happened this week that had a profound impact on me. I was looking for Hudson, and I went, went to his room, and he was knelt down in front of his dresser praying for a family member who didn't know Jesus. I've never been prouder in my life. But how do you learn that? He learned that because he saw mom and daddy pray. We don't do anything to put on air, to be fake, to put on a show, but mom and daddy, your kids should see you pray. If you don't value prayer, they won't either. If you disregard the Bible, they will too. Here's something that may surprise you. It's the father's job to teach his children how to serve God, not the mother's. All too often, women have to pick up the slack, and I'm so glad they do, but God gave that job first and foremost to the daddy. Here's what the Bible says in Ephesians 6, For you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Bring up your children in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Who's the Bible talking to here? Grandmamas? Mamas? The church? Talking to fathers. The Bible says that fathers are to bring up their children in the way of the Lord. Teach them to love the Lord and to turn away from evil. Protect them from ungodly influences and establish them in the church. Jairus didn't send his wife to find Jesus. He went himself. Think about how this little daughter must have felt. What did she see when she looked at her daddy? Number one, he wasn't ashamed to seek Jesus. Number two, he didn't give up on her. Look back at chapter, Mark chapter 5. Jesus Jairus said to Jesus, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed. So things were going well for Jairus. Things were turning around for him. It looked like everything was going to be okay. He found Jesus. Jesus said yes. And they were walking side by side when suddenly something happened. Have you ever been walking with Jesus when suddenly things go in an unexpected direction? 
Jairus and Jesus were on the road to the house, and a woman came up behind Jesus and had the audacity to touch the hem of his garment. What did Jesus do? He stops and he starts talking to the woman. The woman had an issue of blood for 12 years. She had suffered many things from the doctors. She had spent all she had for medical treatment and only got worse. But then she found out that Jesus was passing by. And she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. So she reaches out and she touches Jesus. She's instantly healed. And everybody around her is rejoicing. They're having church. They're shouting and dancing and praising God. Everybody's looking at that woman that was healed, but Jairus is looking down the road where his house is. God delayed Jairus and delivered somebody else. Have you ever felt like God put you on hold and then answered everybody else's prayers around you? <laughs> Anybody ever felt like that? You want to be happy for people around you who are being blessed, but at the same time, you're wondering why God hasn't met your Listen to me this morning. There's a big difference between no and not yet. Jairus is rejoicing this woman has been healed, but he's hurting on the inside for his daughter because he knows the urgency of the matter. Everybody around him is excited about the miracle, but Jairus is looking at his sundial on his wrist saying, Jesus, will you please hurry this stuff up? Look, And then a messenger comes and tells him his worst fears. He comes and says, your daughter is dead. Look at look at the exact wording. Mark five thirty five. Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? In other words, she's gone. Stop bothering Jesus. Listen to me, Dad. Don't you ever stop bothering Jesus for your children. Don't you ever give up on your kids, no matter how old they may be. The messenger said to Jairus, "Your daughter is dead." Give up and go home. There will always be haters and there will always be doubters and there will always be people who say there is no hope. This situation cannot and will not change. Your kids are messed up and there ain't nothing nobody can do, so you might as well give up that. Don't you ever give up on them. Everybody in Capernaum said, Jairus, give up, it's over. Everybody in town said she's gone. But everybody is not Jesus. Mark 5, 36, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Isn't that just like Jesus to tell you to believe for something when it's already, it's already done, there's no chance of anything happening? He is the God of the impossible. Jesus says, Jairus, I know what everybody else is saying. I know it doesn't look good, but you remember when you cried out to me and said, Lord, heal my daughter. Jairus, when you asked me, I said yes, and yes means yes, I am going to do it. All you have to do is believe. He wasn't ashamed to seek Jesus. He didn't give up on his daughter. Number three, he wasn't ashamed to bring Jesus home. Many religious rulers of that time didn't like Jesus. They thought Jesus was a fake. To them, Jesus was the enemy. Okay, a lot of people say fake news now. They said fake news about Jesus. Fake Messiah, not real. They hated Jesus. These were people that Jairus worked with. These were his co-workers. These were his colleagues. To them, it would be crazy, if not criminal, to bring Jesus into their home. 
Dad, there are people you work with and friends who don't understand that as a Christian father, one thing is a must for your family. Under your roof, there better be an invitation for the King of Glory to come in and reside. Because there's no doubt we need revival in America. Would anybody agree? This nation needs an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We need revival, but revival doesn't start at the White House. It doesn't start at the State House. It doesn't start at the Courthouse. And the truth be told, it doesn't even start at this house. You want to know where revival starts? At your house. It starts in your house. It starts in a home where Jesus becomes more than a picture or a wall. It starts when your house becomes a place where the presence of God is real, where His name is honored and His word is obeyed. Psalm 127.1, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Think back with me to the first Passover. It was the final plague on Egypt and the sun was getting ready to go down. And in the night, a death angel would pass through every house in Egypt, killing the firstborn in every house. The only thing that could save them was the blood of a lamb. They would take a lamb and sacrifice it for their sins, and they would apply the blood to the doorpost of the house. And guess whose job it was to apply the blood to the house? The father's job. The safety of the father, the safety of the family depended on the father. And listen to me this morning. There is a death angel passing through this nation right now. And it's using drugs and alcohol, pornography and sex, violence and violent video games, gender dysphoria and political rhetoric. The angel of death is sweeping across this nation trying to destroy a generation. And Father, it is your job to apply the blood over your house and your family. The devil is trying everything he can to take your children, to steal their innocence, to steal their purity, to steal their peace of mind, to kill their dreams, and rob them of their future. And I don't know about you, but when the devil comes knocking on my door, I'm going to say, devil, I serve notice on you. I don't know what right you think you have to be here, but I'm the father, I'm the head of this house, and if you will come in my house, you've got to get through the blood of the Lamb. Come on, Dad, don't just sit by while the devil wreaks havoc on your family and on your home. It's time to stand up and be a man of God. It's time to get in touch with Jesus and kick the devil out of your house. I love what Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Mark 5, 36, verse 36, overhearing what they said, Jesus said, don't be afraid, just believe Here's what he did. Jesus didn't let anybody go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they'd come to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion, drama, people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and he said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. And they laughed at him. They laughed at Jesus. And what did he do? He kicked them out. Jesus kicked the doubt out. Bible says after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with them and went in there where the child was. So here, Dad, here's something you got to know. When you invite Jesus into your home, he's going to do to your house what he did to Jairus' house. He's going to determine who can come and who's got to go. 
Jesus determined, okay, this is what's okay to be in this house, and this is what's not to leave. Hello. <laughs> I'm preaching better than y'all shout. This is okay. I'll shout on Facebook Live later when I want it. Verse 41, he took the child by the hand and he said to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. A great miracle happened that day, and it came through the faith of this little girl's father. What did she see in her dad? That he wasn't ashamed to seek Jesus, that he never, never gave up on her. He wasn't afraid to bring Jesus home. And my last point this morning, she saw that he loved her. What would take a father from his daughter's side to go find help? What would make him fall down at the feet of Jesus and beg him to come? What would make a man forget his place in society and not care what other people think? One word, love. It was the kind of love that made him say, I'll go wherever I have to go. I'll do whatever I have to do. All I want is for my little girl to be healed. That's a true father's love. Maybe you're here today on Father's Day and you've never felt the love of a father. Maybe your father wasn't there. You didn't have a good father. You need to know this morning that God loves you. You have a heavenly father who cares for you, who loves you unconditionally. He wants nothing more than for you to be saved, to be healed, to be made whole. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God loves you. And this is the kind of love He has for you. I'll go wherever I have to go, and I'll do whatever I have to do, and I'll pay whatever the price. The Bible says in Romans 5, 8, that God demonstrates His own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let's pray for just a moment this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank You for Your love. I thank You for Your mercy. I thank You for Your compassion. And God, I pray for those who are here listening right now who don't know You. God, I thank You. Lord, Your love is so incredible. It is unconditional, irrevocable. Lord, You love us no matter what. When we were at our worst, You gave Your best for us. Lord, if there's anybody listening right now who has not accepted you as the Lord of their life, I pray that this morning by faith they would put their trust in you, that they would put their life in a loving Father's arms and let you heal them, save them, restore them, make them whole this morning. I thank you, God, for your redeeming love. I thank you, Lord. The Bible says that nothing can separate us from your love. And I thank you that Jesus is standing with arms wide open, ready to receive anyone willing to come to him by faith today. I want to lead you in a prayer this morning to help you start your journey of faith in Jesus. And all I ask is you would pray this prayer with me from a sincere heart and watch what God does in your life. Let's pray this together. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. And with your help, I'll serve you. I'll follow you. I'll love you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. And as we continue to pray, I just want to pray a special prayer over all the dads in the house today. Lord, I thank you, God, for the role of the Father that is so needed and so scarce in this nation. God, I pray for your mercy on our nation that leads the world in fatherless homes. 
God, I pray for just a restoration, God, in this coming up generation. God, I pray for the dads, God, who are struggling. Lord, that you would strengthen them, God, not to give up, not to quit, but to keep going forward in the name of Jesus, knowing that so many lives depend on them. God, I thank you for strengthening our dads. God, I thank you for challenging our fathers. Lord, to grow spiritually, to be a godly example to their kids, God, to their wife, God, to their community, to their coworkers. Lord, use each and every one of us, God, to grow stronger in our faith. Lord, may we learn from the example of this dad in the Bible who wasn't ashamed to seek Jesus, who, who did not give up on his children, who wasn't ashamed to bring Jesus home. To love his kids with a relentless love. God, help us to have that kind of love, and most of all, the kind of love you have for us. Love that unwavers. Love that never stops. Love that never gives up. And Lord, I pray for all the single moms in the house today. God, I pray that you would strengthen them. Lord, I thank you, God. Lord, that what may be missing in the natural, Lord, I thank you, God, that you can restore the spiritual. Lord, I thank you, God, for your presence in every one of these homes. God, I thank you for your supernatural provision, your supernatural strength, God, to sustain these mamas, God, as they serve you, God, and as they lead their children well. God, I thank you for strength. I thank you for peace of mind. God, I pray for those who are discouraged to the point of giving up. Lord, I pray for just a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit to breathe life in them today. God, I pray that they would take time this week to spend time in prayer and in your presence, God, that they would find strength in your presence. Thank you, Jesus. As the worship team comes and the ushers get ready to come, can we?